Did you know that in the UK, approximately 60,000 babies are born prematurely each year? And that births occurring before 37 weeks account for about 40% of all admissions to a neonatal unit? In the UK, preterm birth rates are higher than in all other European countries. Although survival rates are improving, those at the extremes of prematurity suffer significant levels of mortality and morbidity. The proportion of live births before 24 weeks has steadily increased since 2010, highlighting the need to improve care during the perinatal period to ensure that when these babies are born, they have the highest chance of survival and that morbidity is reduced. One initiative aimed at improving the outcomes of preterm birth is the Maternal and Neonatal Safety Improvement Programme, also known as MATNEO-SIP. The MATNEO-SIP supports the national ambition of reducing maternal and neonatal deaths, stillbirths and brain injuries by 50% by 2025. It focuses on several work streams, including the optimisation and stabilisation of very preterm infants through seven specific interventions. We'll explore each of these interventions in a little bit more detail over the coming months. Today I'm joined by Marie Zamet-Mannion, Consultant Obstetrician and Labour Ward Lead at Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust. Marie specialises in high-risk pregnancies, including diabetes. She's led on a number of quality improvement projects and is passionate about improving patient safety and delivering high-quality care. She is obstetric simulation lead for the Trust, coordinates simulation within prompt training and oversees the running of regional training courses. Good morning, Marie. Thanks for joining us today on this podcast. We're going to spend the next uh, 15, probably 20 minutes talking about um, the use of magnesium sulfate and antibiotics in optimization of preterm birth. So we're talking, as, as you know, more widely about the whole optimization of preterm birth pathway. Um, but today we're going to focus specifically on those two areas. Do you want to just um, start by perhaps giving us a little bit of background as to why we should be attempting to give all women antibiotics and magnesium sulfate. You can start with you know, either one of those, whatever. Yeah, sure. So um, magnesium sulfate and antibiotics, um, as uh, discussed before, is part of a whole holistic package um, for women that has been put together to improve outcomes for preterm birth. And they come within the antenatal optimization component of the bundle, together with the steroids and providing the right setting for birth according to gestation. So what research has shown is that if we give magnesium, ideally between 12 hours and an hour before birth to mothers under 32 weeks of gestation, this will reduce the rate of cerebral palsy in these infants um, which is found by age two years and although practice might differ um, a little bit in the UK what we have decided regionally to do is provide the magnesium as a bolus over five to 15 minutes um, similar dose to what we give for preeclampsia so all the staff are already aware of how this drug is used what its side effects are and what to look out for so this makes it very safe 
what research has shown is that even though mum might have some transient side effects from the drug as it's given, the neonate doesn't have any problems at all afterwards when it comes to resuscitation or any parameters. And what it does is actually reduce the rate of cerebral palsy. So it's an excellent, simple treatment that can really improve outcome for these babies. And we should try and give it as often as we can in these women. Antibiotics have been used um, for several years. Um, initially, we used to use them only when the membranes were ruptured, but now we know that if women go into preterm labor, even if their membranes haven't ruptured, the risk of infection is there, especially group B strep, which can really be um, debilitating for babies. So the principle is that if you give antibiotics to the mum, you reduce the chance that mum gets infected or that she gets chorioimmunitis. So by treating that, you reduce the chance that then baby is born with an infection, and that will improve outcome as well. Um, Thank you. That's a really comprehensive overview because I think sometimes we give drugs and we perhaps lose sight of what it is that we're trying to achieve with that. So that's really good. You talked about um, the way that we uh, locally give magnesium sulfate. Is there Are there alternatives to that then? Yeah. Do some organisations do it differently? So in some organisations, and I think actually what is suggested by most of the guidance, but regionally we've conducted our own kind of evidence search before deciding what to do. It is um, similar to preeclampsia. You give a bolus and then that is followed by an infusion. Um, uh, the, when the scoping exercise was done by our region, it was not found that there was enough evidence to prove that the infusion um, gave so much more benefit. So, for example, if, let's say, you think a woman is going to labor within 12 hours and then she doesn't, what you can then do is repeat the bolus to get it within the right time frame. And that also goes that if a woman comes in really quickly, even if it is within the hour, just try and give it so that at least something gets to the baby. So that's, that's, still, that's still a good, good plan. Um, but an infusion causes more side effects and needs to be monitored. Um, and if a woman, for example, has concomitant preeclampsia, you can get um, uh, major issues with the um, excretion of the infusion and the dose for the mum. So that's why we felt that the bolus overall was safer. That sounds that sounds really sensible, doesn't it? Because of that ability to give repeat doses, because we know that prediction is really hard of preterm birth. Is that a, is that a genuine challenge, do you think? Absolutely. Um, uh, I think it is the major challenge because um, for example, in our units, our compliance rate with giving magnesium sulfate and the rest of the bundle is very, very high. Um, where we fall on is because women have not presented in time um, uh, to come in. And often it's because we might have misdiagnosed them as being in preterm labor before and then they come in and uh, we either got it wrong at one point or another. We either diagnosed them as being in preterm labor when they weren't or missed it when they actually were. So diagnostic tools, I think, across the boards are um, still limited but thankfully a lot of work is being done around this area so um, things will improve. That's good isn't it because that has a knock-on effect to some of the other interventions that we use uh, in the antenatal period. Um, you talked about then potential by giving a bolus to be able to give repeat doses. Yeah. Is there any limitation on that? Probably not. I mean, in fairness, it's not a situation where um, you will get a lot of needs to repeat because I think within 12 hours, if you're saying by repeating it, you get to 24 hours, by then you know which way things are going. So yeah. most likely women will not receive more than two boluses. 
Okay. And you, and you also talked about side effects for women. Yes. So do you, can you expand on that a little bit? So I think it's really important to warn the mum that magnesium sulfate is a safe drug, but it does cause very significant um, side effects while the um, drug is being infused into the body. So what women can experience is hot flushes, dizziness, nausea, sometimes vomiting, um, palpitations, and the kind of sense of um, just generally feeling unwell and sense of impending doom. But it can be quite... Um, quite striking in some women and I think all they need to be all that needs to happen is for them to be warned and and reassured that this is transient and it will pass um, because otherwise they might equate the side effects they're having to potentially thinking that the drug is actually harming their baby if they're not warned about this because it just um, has such a strong feeling. But that's a really important point isn't it I hadn't appreciated quite how significant some of those um, side effects would be so and it's so it's easily overcome isn't it <clears throat> just yeah. to give the woman a, a warning that this might happen and that reassurance yeah. that it's not going to harm baby do we get any common pushback or questions from women when we're thinking about or when we're talking to them about magnesium sulfate do they it's obviously not something they are aware of i would imagine it's probably new news to them yes um uh we don't have much pushback in fairness because um, I mean if you tell them you're going to give them a drug that's going to reduce the chance of the baby having neurological damage um, uh, many times they'll be ha very happy for it the difficulty is when it happens in an emergency and there's not much time to go through things in detail and that I think is very much when um, side effects need to be discussed yeah well. that's that's the priority isn't it in that period of time so is there um is there a point at which we shouldn't give it uh, in terms of so if a, say a woman is in active labor birth is imminent it you know we might be literally a few minutes away is it is there still some benefit to giving the magnesium sulfate so because the effects are so um, important um, if it is given, it is worth giving even within the hour of delivery. Okay. Whether it will be as effective, it won't be absorbed as much, isn't it? But you can mm. only hope that maybe even that little bit that goes through in that period of time, yeah. it's worth a go. It's okay. Worth a go. okay. But so the optimal time is at is, least an hour. Right. Hour absorption. <clears throat> okay. And, and usually we get that unless, you know, unless birth happens on yeah. arrival, we usually get enough time to do mm -hmm. that, don't we? Is there anything we can, is there anything we need to improve on? What's our performance around that? Is there something we could be, anything we could be better at in terms of giving magnesium sulfate? So I'm really pleased to see that um, I think with all the work that has been done over the last few years, staff are really quite aware of what the preterm bundle is. And I think now staff are triggered that if a lady comes in with preterm birth, um, the first thing that comes on is steroids, magnesium, um, quite uh, quite um, quickly. The problem is when things happen and they are not um, expected. So, for example, a woman who we thought was not going to labour suddenly labours and things have to happen very quickly. So I think the important thing is that the staff realise how important these um, these uh, these things are so that they can prioritize them over other work that's going on on labor wards um, and also that um, we learn to listen to women so that if they tell us that they think they are in labor that we bring them in um, and have a low threshold so that if they are indeed in labor we have time to do these things the other thing as well is probably increasing awareness amongst the pa patient population as well so that they don't um, they don't leave things too late and present to us because if women know that there's something we can do given enough time then they will they will pitch up in time yeah and quite often we have uh we have an idea of the women that are more likely to deliver early don't we there are risk factors that present even at booking that tell us that there's a 
possibility and then as things evolve during the pregnancy um, <clears throat> for, for some women we have the ability to have those discussions with them early in the antenatal period and that's one one of the things that we hear from service users as well is that they um, would have liked to have had a bit more of warning that you know, preterm birth is a possibility for them, but what does that actually mean? And, and so I think this mm. is probably part of those conversations we could be having with people. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back on to um, antibiotics then. So there's one thing that I picked up on, which you talked about, which was that we used to only give it with ruptured membranes and we now give it for all women. Um, is that, um, do you think that's widely known? Um. I think I've seen this in the NICE guidance because I was reading the uh, recommendations on the antibiotics that we give them now to women with um, whether the membranes have ruptured or not. Um, at least in our area, it's been widely used uh, um, for ages. And in fact, uh, what NICE guidance said is that by implementing this into guidance, they don't think they're going to change anything because people are already doing it. Um, I think it's it's good practice because why does someone go into preterm labor unless there's cervical incompetence? There is going to be an element of infection there. So I think it's prudent. Okay. And, and again, with that, um, any um, specific discussions we should be having with women or are there any side effects or anything that we need to be wary of? I think with antibiotics, it's easier because we give them for a host of other reasons. Um, uh, you know, people might have come in and had an infection treated beforehand. So it's usually discussion about um, uh, risk of allergies. And most women, thankfully, these days come in with a good allergy history. So um, we can then tailor accordingly to what they need. Well, that discussion should always be have whenever you give antibiotics. Yeah. Okay. And I, so I think what I'm hearing is that there are um, some really important drugs we can give. They're really safe. There are some side effects, but they're limited. And that um, essentially the earlier we start to have these conversations with women, the better it is, because then if we're in that emergency situation where we don't always have time for that kind of full discussion uh, they have some awareness of what the plans are in terms of the types of interventions that we might recommend and it sounds like our performance is quite good what's are mm -hmm. we monitoring our performance with antibiotics do we know how well we're achieving um, with that I don't think we're monitoring antibiotics just yet but it's about to start soon so um, we'll have a good idea about how okay. we're doing but on and, the shop floor we seem to be doing quite well yeah so anecdotally it feels like that's quite mm -hmm. normal behavior yeah. now doesn't it okay um so thinking ahead then uh, for the future there are going to be more um elements added to that bundle there's seven at the moment there are going to be some additional ones that are likely to be more affecting the kind of neonatal care but Anything specific you think that we can all do as nurses and midwives and doctors um, and support workers in improving this journey for women? I think it's um, more about raising awareness that this pathway exists um, so that people know to prioritise it when women come in, especially when the shift is busy and other things are going on. Um, uh, if everybody's on the same page, as we know from kind of management of emergencies and things like that, then everybody knows what to do and um, knows what the next step is. So is ready to help people who are very busy, know where to prioritise and um, um, do these little interventions, which make such a difference to people's families. Thank you. It's been great talking to you today. Um, right. Thank you for giving, giving up the time and joining us. Um, and uh, we hope to be adding to this series of podcasts so that we can uh, continue to share that that knowledge and understanding around optimization of preterm birth. Thank you. Thank you.